0: Hi, and welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I'm your host, Jen Milius, and I'm so glad that you're here. And before we get into the show, I want you to visit jennifermilius.com forward slash start to get free resources focused on helping you get your book and message out into the world. Choose what resonates and take steps towards being seen and heard, showing up at the table, owning your space, and sharing your book and message. And now let me welcome back and introduce to you, Shayla Raquel. A best-selling author and public speaker, Shayla Raquel has been in the publishing industry for 13 years and teaches on author branding, self-publishing, and the craft of writing. She is a poetic justice volunteer for Mabel Bassett Correctional Center, where she helps women with art and poetry. Shayla lives in Oklahoma with her husband and three fur babies. Let's dive into the pond and meet Shayla. Welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I am so excited to welcome back Shayla Raquel. Shayla, I am so glad you said yes. Welcome back.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad that you invited me. I man, it's been a while, hasn't it? It has. So with that in mind, what have you been doing since we chatted last? What have I not been doing? (laughs) So this is going to be so funny just because of, you know, your community and my community and how... Similar they are, and the funny thing is, you know, I'm transitioning out of the publishing industry. I've been in the publishing industry for 13 years, and I'm transitioning into working more with the incarcerated. So talk about a huge leap and very different (laughs) from launching a book. So I'm really, I'm so excited about it. I'm nervous, but you know that nervous you get when it's your first kiss, like it's that kind of nervous. So I'm excited about it. But, man, it's scary. It's kind of scary to transition into all of that. So that's what I've been up to is figuring out <laughs> how do I leave an industry I've been in for thirteen years and launch a totally different thing that's nothing to like nothing to do with publishing. So it's a definitely a challenge.
0: I think it's really cool, though, the fact that you <laughs> are making a shift because, whether you were, you know, like in this case, we're talking about changing industries. We're ch- talking mm-hmm. about changing a business direction, but I mean, even when you're writing genres and you've stayed with one genre mm-hmm. and you're making a pivot to write in a whole brand new genre, you're new again. So those yeah. kind of shifts that you're doing really, you know, you're kind of like the student all over again. Once you become oh, a master, yeah. you become a student, but, but, if oh, yeah, I remember correctly, though, one of the things you excelled in, in particular with the publishing industry, which I believe is going to transfer very nicely, this (laughs) like a transferable skill is speaking, you do that, like, you've. I don't know how many speaking engagements and workshops you've done. So I have no idea.
1: If anyone (laughs) wants to count for me and let me know, I would really appreciate it. You'll (laughs) have to start in 2016 and work your way to the top. I know that I have 10 ready to watch workshops on my website now as far as how many writers groups conferences like i have no no idea
0: more than one (laughs) we know for a fact more than one (laughs) so how did you even get started with that though because you know so many writers they recognize that they need more people to know about their message they need to know about their book and really by extension, their business and mm-hmm. speaking, whether it's on a podcast or whether it's a workshop or a writer's group or a summit or what have you, they're all forms of public speaking.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I got into it in a, fun, a little bit late. So in 2014, I had hired a brand marketer to help me with my business. And he kept telling me, about oh you need to go to writing conferences and 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 so on and I agreed and so I was working on going to those and bleeding into 2015 I hired him again because he had done such a great job and I was kind of starting to shift all, all over again in my business year later and so here he comes again he's saying look I, I think it's great that you're going to these conferences but you need to be the one speaking at them and I just laughed and laughed and yes, I am extroverted, but that doesn't just automatically make you a good speaker. And I, at the time I thought, no, I don't know enough. I always go back to that. Oh, I don't know enough. What am I going to talk about? You know? (laughs) And so unfortunately I didn't start speaking at writers groups specifically until 2017. So I listened to him a couple years late on that, but it happened the way that I think most things do, which is organically, naturally. I was going to these conferences. I was making friends with these people. I was getting to know them. They knew about me. They knew about my business. And they were asking me to come and speak just because I was an attendee. I was actually sitting in these classes and I had a table, I had a vendor, I'd always have a vendor table. I'd show off whatever it was that I was doing, like editing, book launching and so forth. And of course, you know, people that organize these types of conferences and writers groups look at that and they're, hey, do you wanna come and speak next year? Or we have an upcoming thing in the next month. That's how it happened. And it was very slow at first. It was just a little thing here, a little thing there. But by 2018, I taught a class for the Dallas Fort Worth Writers Conference in uh, Texas and I guess whatever I said (laughs) about traditional publishing versus self-publishing I was on a panel at the time so it wasn't like a full-on class I was on a panel with some other uh, with literary agents and at that time the self-publishing classes were still kind of getting noses turned up against them not not as bad as it was a few years ago and on the panel i i i'm a, i'm i'm a very outspoken individual and on the panel some questions were asked about self love versus traditional and i answered them and the organizers thought hmm, we need to bring her back cuz she's mixed things up a little bit shall we say <laughs> And then it just, it just skyrocketed after that. And so I've, I've been really fortunate to speak at some incredible conferences across Oklahoma, Texas, Virginia, and so on. And I I love it. It's a blast. I, I love getting to just hang out with people and talk to them about writing or marketing. It's so much fun. And I like doing virtual classes, but come on, like getting to be in a classroom setting conference setting with someone and you get to just. Talk to them right then and there and see their face. I love that. I love Uh, it.
0: Oh, you have hit on so many things. I mean, okay, so. (laughs) I try to keep it interesting. (laughs) But I love that because the first thing where you said that, you know, you were approached. I love that because the very big, you know, firsts of my speaking, whether it was a Mm -hmm. school visit or conference speaking or workshops hosting or what have you, I was approached and said, hey would you come and do this school visit? Yeah. Would you come and be my keynote speaker for this? And yes. I said, yes. And then I built the wings on the way down versus mm-hmm. going, oh, let me go pitch this.
1: Story of my life. <laughs> yes, story. I'll just say yes. And then I'm secretly yeah. over here, like researching what in the world I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I, I understand. Truly, I understand that. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I did the same thing because it was like, yep. okay, I can do this. But in the same breath, when you can leverage skills that you've had before to kind of mm-hmm. help with that it doesn't mean that you're not rebuilding different things you're you're it's back to that master and student thing because you might have mastered that in your corporate life or in another aspect of your life and now you're a student but you still have some skills that you can build mm-hmm. upon and now you're building and honing those skills so now you mentioned, now I know you're in Oklahoma, but you mentioned that you traveled to oh, yeah. Virginia and to Texas. So what kind of things did you incorporate to be able to do that? Like for instance, did you have a speaking engagement that said, or a, an agreement rather where mm-hmm. the host said, I will pay for your travel and lodging, mm-hmm. or did you negotiate that? How did that happen? I I'm, I was always begging people to get me to travel. Like I, I love going and doing stuff
1: like that. The funny thing is we're, Oklahoma does not have as many writing conferences as you would think. Now there is the OWFI, the um, Oklahoma Writers Federation Incorporated. They do one every year. And I ran a writers group in Yukon, Oklahoma for four years because we just didn't have anything. So I wound up going to Texas all the time because <laughs> they have so many conferences, groups, etc. cetera. So that's kind of how that worked out. Now, as far as payment like when it comes to are they going to cover my travel are they going to cover my hotel that has been different nearly every time because we negotiate those things via email you know there are, have been times where i've technically done a speaking engagement for free quote unquote because they didn't pay me for the speaking engagement but they paid me for you know they had they my gas and my hotel and they took me out to dinner and i don't obviously have to pay the ticket fee and i get to sell my books and then it would lead me to so many clients so there are certain conferences where i would take that quote unquote hit that wasn't a hit that would wound up making me i'm being transparent yeah. like thousands of dollars just because i came to speak there and that's what they want you know they're going to get to know you they're going to get to oh wow like I really like this person I want to hire her or I want to buy her book or I want to whatever it may be I do want to come back to one thing very quickly before I forget you have to know your brand and who you are and what in the world you're doing because no one's going to approach you to come and speak if they don't see what you're up to I mean yeah. No. Nobody would have known that I was even an option for speaking had I not got a vendor table, put these books out, business cards and, and I mean, every, what you know, all the wonderful things that you do that I made myself like, you. you can't miss me. I'm right here. Get to know me. And mm-hmm. then that led to things. I think that if I was just wandering around at these conferences and not having a table, not talking to others, not. Asking questions, not networking, then no. I I don't know that people would have really thought to approach me about speaking, but it was because I was putting myself out there that it got the attention.
0: Yes, that is so important, what you just said about getting visible. It's not just that you have this book or you have this message, because even Mm -hmm. if it's not a book per se, but you have a message that you are wanting to communicate you have to be visible about this message, clear who your message is serving, just like you're clear who your book is serving. And then you are visible about that and saying yes to the right opportunities and quite frankly, saying no to the opportunities that really aren't gonna serve you as well. So I'm curious, when have what guidance would you give somebody who's trying to discern when to say yes?
1: You just, there is no win. You just, you you definitely want to say yes (laughs) because you just, there will be times when you want those opportunities and they don't come. So when you have an opportunity and you aren't ready for it, I know this might not be the advice most people would give you, but go ahead and do it and get started on figuring out whatever you need to immediately. So let's say that you have someone approach, you know, let's say somebody approached me and I wasn't putting myself out there the way that I was, or whatever it may be, then that's a pretty good indicator that I need to get that website up. I need to be doing some more on social media, or I need to be doing whatever it is, but say yes, just say, unless you're in a situation where there's just no way you can do it, go ahead and say yes, and figure out these things as you go along, but hustle, You know, that's kind of my advice. I'm very much the say yes, figure it out later kind of person. Not everyone's like that, but it's always worked out really well for me. (laughs) So I I really recommend that people do that. Take the opportunity and it's okay. If nothing's perfect yet, you will grow, you will evolve. Uh, Everything that has anything to do with your author brand will evolve and grow. So it can't really do that unless you don't take these opportunities for growth, take them and figure it
0: out I I love what you said earlier too about handling the payment aspect that and recognizing that what might seem as a quote-unquote free because there wasn't Mm -hmm. the honorarium per se Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the fact that you got to have a table and you and you and you delivered your keynote or your workshop or whatever that was and you focused on serving and you focused on value because when you do that. People want to connect with you and then you will see yes. things that happen like as a ripple effect from having done that versus trying to quote unquote sell from the stage. You really I what I was hearing was focus on the value. Trust that even if you don't have the honorarium, the they've covered your lodging, yeah. Covered the, the ticket or you have the chance to make
1: sure book. it's worth your while. You know, like right. there I'll tell you now, there have been some. And very rarely, but there have been some where I did turn them down because there was just nothing except for like, oh, I not even an honorarium. I mean, there were times where it's like, I just, I can't, I don't know how this is going to be able to help me. I feel like I'm, there's a different, you'll feel it. If you feel like you're working for free when you're speaking, you will feel it. Trust me. You'll know Mm -hmm. versus, wow, I can't believe that I just got to do that and look at all these new subscribers, new book purchases, new what, this is so great. Look at these people I met. Trust me, you'll be able to feel the difference. But what I would do is if somebody does approach you about speaking or presenting in any way, look at, look, go look at their website, go look at their social media, go look at what events look like. I mean, make sure that this will be good for you too. make sure that it's a great opportunity for you and that it'll give you some good ROI. That's, that's important as well.
0: Yes. Yes. And that, that is where that nuance of knowing where to say yes, if you're saying yes. And you know, or or you have that little feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm really nervous. Now that's a different thing. Overcome that by saying, if it still feels right and you see the potential and it's just butterflies to get in a row, trust yourself and take that leap. And you will, you, you will come through that, whether you get help, whether it Mm -hmm. means you spend a bit more time practicing and practicing and, and refining, but it will come together. But if there's that feeling that's like, this doesn't this really yeah, doesn't, you'll feel know. Right. Yeah. You'll mm-hmm.
1: know. And it's not even necessarily like if the person, if the group is, it's, it's not that they're bad or anything. It's, right. it's just, oh, this, this is not going to be good. Old. Am I using my time wisely? Right. Is this a good investment of my time and energy? You have to make sure of that.
0: And on top of it too, it might be no for now. It might oh, be that feeling yeah. of not now, maybe, you know, thank you, but not right now. And mm-hmm. if it's truly the right opportunity, if it's an annual conference or you were mm-hmm. you were connected with that person in other ways and another opportunity presents itself and you're the right person mm-hmm. and you're in a different space, that different space might've been all the difference in the world. So recognizing that there's a difference too between no and not right now. And that's yes. okay too.
1: Mm-hmm. And I will say this too you know, the conferences, all of that have blown open doors for me. Unlike anything else. I'm serious. I, I have made lifelong friends, lifelong clients. I mean, I think it's one of the best things an author can do is to go to these groups. And if you are like me and you're like, yeah, well, I can't do that because of where I live and we don't have any, well, you can't say that to me cuz I didn't have any either and I just made one. <laughs> I just created a group because I had the same problem. And I thought, "Oh, I just wish we would have a writers group in Yukon." I just and then I was like, "Oh, well what if I did it?" And you probably think the same thing I did, which is oh, you have experience in running a writer's group? Because I don't know. I I had no idea what I was doing. And I think that was the beauty of why it worked is that everyone knew they wanted this writer's group, but nobody knew what to do and neither did I, but you figure it out. And it turned into such a wonderful part of my life. So I really want to encourage you to find that group, to find something like that where you can, and by the way, like a local writer's group, what a great place to practice. You know, maybe you're not ready for that big scary conference yet. Then go practice with the people that you
0: know in your town. Go try it and see. Yes, 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 yes. I love that. So let's shift and talk a little bit about a live event. So when, so for instance, when I have a live event, and and even when I have a you know a book signing or what have you, I like to be at that space early, not just because Mm. you need to set up, but I like to be there and kind of get a feel for it and just kind Mm -hmm. of be in there without anybody else as much around (laughs) me. And and, and simply because it kind of lets me kind of get settled in. And the other part is that I see myself as an extension of the host. Even when I'm speaking, I'm still an extension of that host because my Mm -hmm. job is to deliver exceptional value to the people that the host is trying to serve. That's why they brought that speaker in or that's why yeah. they're having that event. So so me getting there a little bit ahead of time to kind of get situated, helps me to kind of put that hat on and recognize, okay, I'm serving mm-hmm. roles. Do you do something similar? What do you kind of do to kind of get ready for a live event?
1: So you guys are gonna love this. Do you, do you want me to like walk you through a day Yes. of Shayla Raquel getting ready to go speak at a yes. conference or something. I You're going to love this. Oh my
0: Shayla. God. Let's do it. Well, the
1: first thing, and like very few people know this, so this is going to be fun. The first thing I do is I get Apple Music going and I turn on Queen. Yes. So I have to have something to like really hype me up. And they're one of my all-time favorite bands. So naturally I get Queen going and I, <laughs> I no one has ever accused me of being punctual unless... <laughs> It's something like that where I am required to be there to speak. Yeah. I don't know what happens. A button, just a switch gets turned on. So I've got my queen and I've got my coffee. I've got food in my system. And you know what I do when I get there? I talk to everyone Mm -hmm. and I know, I know, I know you guys. Trust me, my closest people in my life are introverts and I do not (laughs) need to tell you guys how to be extroverted because that's not your job. An introvert is an introvert and we love you for that. (laughs) So instead of going around the whole table like I do and talking to every single person, if that feels too scary, this is one thing I love to do. Pick one person out of the audience. I don't care if there's five. I don't care if there's 500 or 50. Go find one person and Let your heart kind of lead you to that individual. Go up to them and just say, Hey, so I'm the speaker for today and I'm kind of nervous. would it be okay if I just kind of like glanced at you every now and then so I have some person that I can make eye contact with so that I don't pass out? And yes, of course you can. Yes. Start it out like that. Find one person. And I will do this because I don't get nervous. I know that sounds, I know, but I, I don't ever get nervous until after. I, no nerves ever hit me until I am done with the class and I'm getting in the car. I'm serious. It's really funny. So the whole time I'm actually fine. But what I do is I really will find that one person, and I've talked to them already. I've I already know their name. Mm -hmm. And I will make eye contact with them. And this is the second thing I like to do. And I promise it'll help you like, hear me out when you have found that person. And every now and then you glance at them, it makes you feel comfortable. You're like, okay, there she is. I know Jen, I'm feeling good. Okay. When something happens where you start feeling like, oh my God, I just lost my train of thought (laughs) or, oh my God, I'm losing them. Someone is like playing candy crush. What am I going to do? You look at Jen And you go, you know, I was just talking to Jen right before class started and she was telling me blah, blah, blah. Every time that I have done that, it makes me feel better because I feel like I'm just talking to Jen. Mm -hmm. And and then it always like somehow brings people back. If I ever, ever feel like I'm losing them, that's that's just a little trick that I do. And you guys can steal that. Say, oh, you know, right before class, I was just talking to Jen and she was telling me, about this horror gothic romance that she was reading and da 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 and I'm not saying that has anything to do with what you're teaching on I'm just saying that there will be times when you need to comfort yourself a little bit and make yourself feel better. And you need to have a person like that. If you're so nervous about talking to a stranger, what you could do is bring a friend with you. So I've brought my husband, I've brought my mom, I've brought uh, my best friends, I've brought people to speaking engagements and I'll have that person there. So I can look at them in the back, find your person.
0: You know, I, I love that. So I am an introvert. And what I do is that by getting in the room early, it just helps me to situate. But then I do exactly that. I start yeah. socializing with people because I genuinely want to get to know who's there because mm-hmm. that's just who I am. I really like getting to know people and being the introvert. They, I tend to like having those it, like more, I guess, in-depth kind of conversations, but being yeah. able to have them. So why not do that with a couple of people? And then afterwards, it always feels like, Hey, and I tell them, thank you for being here. You know, I really enjoyed chatting with you. And it feels like it's a little different then because it is. they are now part of it too. You're and right. I, I love that you said that. And like you, I play music too. Sometimes I'm singing at the top of my lungs. <laughs> I have to have my, my caffeine, mine's unsweetened oh. tea. And then I also make sure I'm wearing something that really feels like, I feel like a million bucks. And and that, that, and if that means that that's everything. Yeah. And if I pick out my outfit the night before, fine, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It matters that when I wear it, you really feel your shoulders go back, you really feel Mm -hmm. and and that and it fits you well, and you look good, and you will carry yourself differently. So I'm very and, and I make sure that what I pick is also in line with the space that I'm in. So yeah, so all of those things are coming into play, but they all matter. And you know, and afterwards, when I am done with an event, I give myself some kind of reward. So oh, yeah. whatever that celebratory thing is. Whether- oh, okay. So I'll tell you mine. What's yours? Okay. It depends on what it is. It's now okay. sometimes it, if it's been an all day thing, I'm very much into, I want a really nice dinner, oh, yeah. <laughs> but honestly, you know, it really, it really just depends. I, sometimes it's the dinner. Sometimes it's, a certain little treat. Like I very much Mm -hmm. love York peppermint patties. So they're happening in this time. Oh, good.
1: I love those. My husband does not like mint at all. And so he thinks it's just eating toothpaste. And I'm like, you're crazy. It's so refreshing. So I do the same thing. I, and especially because I would speak so much in Texas, I would always go out to eat and order like the most expensive stuff. And I would go somewhere nice, seriously, which mm-hmm. is funny because if there ever was an honorarium or something, it almost like does not, I don't know if it balances out, but I would, I go and just sit down mm-hmm. and I would relax. I'd, I always, I would always tell the wait staff, I'd say like, please put me in a corner by myself with no, uh, no people, Mm -hmm. even though I'm an extrovert, because there is so much energy when I speak that by the time I'm done, like, I feel like I've run a marathon. Mm -hmm. It's all on you, baby. Like you have to have that energy. You have to keep their attention. Um, And yeah, it can be very exhausting by the time that you're done. In fact, After I taught my class on Saturday, I took a nap. So, (laughs) but yeah, I I do. I I reward myself too. And it's always a big fat steak.
0: So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it needs to be something that you say, you know, I did this. Acknowledge the success that you had with that, because no matter what the outcome is, no matter what happens as a ripple effect, you showed up, you got visible, you delivered this presentation, whatever it was. With all the passion and all the energy you possibly could. And you did it. You showed mm-hmm. up and you were the only one right then. It's <laughs> you and then your audience. And I know. So give yourself props for that. And actually, I know. So, a couple more questions for you. Like in the space of delivering your presentation, mm-hmm. how do you keep up with the content and the timing? How do you make sure you're on track and mm-hmm. that you stay within the window that you're allotted? Mm -hmm. Okay. So
1: one thing is that I have done this for a very long time. And so (laughs) I'm really pretty well versed on all that as far as keeping track. However, there are certain classes I've done where they're like, you have 45 minutes and I'm like, this is a three hour class. What? (laughs) (laughs) So there are times where I have to really figure that stuff out. So what I'll do, (laughs) so what I'll do is I I do keep my phone near me on the podium or somewhere so I can check it. If I'm worried that I'll forget about it, I'll tell somebody else, give me five minutes. As far as staying on track, that is just through practice. And yes, there are times that I go over. There are times when I don't get all the info and that I want. So you know what I make sure I always do at the beginning of every class is I say, Here's the link to get the PDF version of my slides. This is where you go. So that if you're not able to take notes, if you have to leave early, if I have to uh, uh, shut up because I'm late and the other speakers are getting annoyed, (laughs) then you can have that uh, PDF of my slides. I like to be prepared with those things. But yes, I've totally gone over before. I have found though, that if you go over your time and you're providing highly valuable information, very rarely are people upset about that. You just want to make sure you don't get into the speaker's time. So that that is hard to do. Try to try to give yourself some grace and be patient. And also realize that whoever is hosting you, whoever's organizing this, sometimes you'll have a person who's, I'm serious, like I've had a person who was called my shepherd and they were only for me the whole t- weekend. Like it just depends on how they organize things. But my point is that if you are assigned an individual to help you or moderate, that person. They're gonna help you. They're gonna be looking at you and they're gonna go 10 minutes. And then they're gonna look at you and they're gonna go five minutes. And then you're sweating a little cause you're like, well, that's, I have I have 20 minutes of material left. What do you mean five? And so you're, you know, you're racing. <laughs> Trust me, they'll, they'll finish you up if they need to. So be prepared with a PDF version of your slides. If you have slides or a handout of some kind or start if you're worried where you're like, wow, this is a lot of content. I hope I can do this. Because sometimes you'll be doing well and someone will uh, derail you a little bit with a question that you do need to answer and it takes up time. So try to be proactive and say, hey, guys, if we go over our time, come find me right after class. This is where I'm going to be. Be proactive about those things.
0: So to your point, let's say there's questions that are happening or it's kind of like they're kind of over not intentionally trying to derail or override, but how do you, as a speaker, as a, as a, you know, whether it's a keynote or whether it's a workshop, like how do you kind of get back on track?
1: Yeah. So I've had both. I've had people who just have questions and we need to answer them. I'm a very interactive speaker. So I like to take questions in the middle of class because people are going to forget. And I I just want to get it answered. If I think that it's a 60 second answer, I'll do it. If they ask me a question that requires way more time and I know that, I'll say that is such a good question but I have a huge answer to it. Will you come find me after class? My table's down here, come and talk to me. Every conference, like I always have extra chairs and they'll just sit and talk to me and we'll go over stuff. So we'll do that. Now, what do you do when people start taking over your class? Because that does happen. It absolutely happens. I don't know if I want to tell you what I should I tell you what I do. (laughs) Okay, this is what when they are having their own conversation very loudly in the middle of your class and won't shut up. (laughs) What I do is I stop talking and I wait Mm -hmm. and then I wait some more. And then I wait some more. And then the awkwardness of them realizing that everyone is quiet except for them, quiets it down. And I'll always just give them a little laugh and be like, okay guys, let's get back. Because sometimes people really don't realize they're doing it, but that's usually what I'll do is I'll be quiet and I'll wait. I will admit that I did have an issue one time where it was so bad that I did offer her the marker and ask if she wanted to teach the class. (laughs) Uh, she said no (laughs) then and then we were done with that but that's only happened one time and that was an extreme incident like that really doesn't happen but it was an extreme thing as far as when they're just talking or they're side railing you let me tell you what your attendees are gonna want your attendees who are also annoyed with people taking over the class wants you to be putting on your big girl panties and go ahead and tell them, hey guys, let's go ahead and quiet down or let's stay back on track. What your attendees do not want is for you to just let them continue to do it. They paid to be there. That is their time too. And if they didn't pay to be there, they gave up their time to be there. So you are there for the attendees who are listening to you. And I promise they want you to tell the other people to hush up. So don't worry if you're like, Shayla, I will melt if I have to be confrontational. Like I'll melt into the ground. But you don't have to. You can do the silent thing. You can just be quiet and you can wait. But don't let it get out of hand. I will say that. Don't let it get out of hand because it's not necessarily a reflection on you, but it is wasting your time, and you don't have a lot of time. Some of these classes are half an hour. Some of these are 45 minutes. Like one hour. You don't have a lot of time. So make sure that you handle it before it gets into a magic marker. Do you want to teach the class situation like Shayla? <laughs> so,
0: so when you are doing a workshop, do, and maybe the, this person is who's listening is saying, I think I would like to teach a workshop, but mm-hmm. how, how do I put something together? Are there some like high level tips that you could suggest for them to be able to Know how to start?
1: So, on my speaker page on my website, I list out all of the classes that I teach. I think there's 20. And you should do that. You should come up with two to three that you would love to teach. If you're not sure what you would love to teach and you're wrestling between it, I like to go back to that question that was said often to like high school students who are working on term papers, which is what makes you the most angry like what are you passionately argumentative about what is something that a hill you would die on and that's always been kind of a good way to get a high schooler to oh I think I know a hill I would die on I'll do a term paper on that so it's that kind of thinking and I would say to someone like let's say that you have a children's picture book author and they're thinking about doing a class they're thinking about something like that Oh my goodness. The questions that you could answer alone about illustration, but I'm not an illustrator. No, but you worked with one Mm -hmm. and nobody else knows. How how do you find it? How did you find an illustrator? How did you know they were the right person for you? How much did they cost? All of those questions you can answer for them. Mm-hmm. look at the group itself and what they're most known for so, and when I say group I'm talking about anything I don't care if it's a writer's group if it's um, a big conference whatever it may be really look at the group itself what kind of writers do they have in there if it's mostly science fiction and fantasy a children's picture book author will not be a good match for them if you get into a group and there's a lot of non-fiction authors and you do a lot of nonfiction and business leadership. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Then once you have an idea of who that audience is, figure out your group's audience. Once you've got that, figure out what are they desperate to learn about? You can go back and look at past conferences. It's just a quick Google search to see what people have talked about in the past and ask yourself, what are they missing? For example, you might get in there and then realize, why is nobody talking about audiobooks? that's weird. I've done an audiobook. Someone needs to do a class on that. Look at that stuff. Also, I know this seems kind of silly, but ask them. Pretty much every writer's group probably has a newsletter or a Facebook group or something where you can go to them and you can say, what help do you need with such and such genre, with such and such kind of writing? What do you need help with? Ask them. I've done that many times where i'd say like what are you guys struggling with the most and then i would choose a class around that they'll tell you what they're struggling with so so those are just a few quick tips for you on on how to do that
0: i love those i love those so much and i've got another question for you before we wrap up which is about like the keynote speaking the conference yeah. speaking in particular yeah. because you know workshop is Is definitely something that's a nice way to kind of ease into that bigger form of speaking. Well,
1: because they're intimate and smaller. So yeah, it's a good place to start.
0: Yeah, and a lot of times too, depending upon what you spoke about, it could be that your presentation, your keynote, if you will, that that presentation might be the the why this is important and you might have a companion workshop Mm -hmm. that's the how from that standpoint.
1: Absolutely.
0: But how, when you think about the, conference speaking that you've done as a keynote, Mm -hmm. as a speaker, do you have any specific tips to that, that really hone in for that kind of speaking? Oh boy. All right. So doing, (laughs) so doing something more small and
1: intimate, what I like about that is that I don't, it really, it doesn't matter if you're highly extroverted, you don't need to be. I know highly introverted people who do these workshops really well because there's, there's fewer people. So it's not as intimidating. Walking up onto a stage and having this thing shoved in your ear and, and being recorded and you have all these people and there's these bright lights in your face. That is intimidating. And I, I do believe that it, it takes, Oh, what is the right word? You got to be loud. (laughs) You got to be loud and personable and really keep their attention. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that in a writing workshop. It's just that it's so more, it's much more casual. And those conferences, you got to be on the ball. So every minute counts and it is intimidating to be up there and kind of feeling like, Oh my God, these lights are hot and a stupid thing in my ear. And yeah, that, so, you know, I, I wouldn't recommend doing that for the very first time that, that, unless you're just the jump into the pool (laughs) instead of put my toe in kind of person that works too. But as far as to help you kind of prepare for that, figure out what scares you the most about it. What freaks you out the most? Is it all the people? Is it any tech equipment where you're like, oh my God, I, I don't know how to use this headset thing. I'm nervous. Go find, th- they're going to show you how to use it, but tell them, I am so nervous about even touching this. Will you help me feel better about it? Talk to them. Um, really r- just understand that the conferences, you got to hold their attention. I have thrown candy at people before if they will get a question <laughs> right. Asking them questions in the middle of your Works in the middle of what you're doing is, it's twofold. It makes you feel better and it makes, it helps them get to know you better. So don't be afraid to talk to your audience. Don't be afraid to joke with them just because you're up on a stage. Doesn't mean you can't be yourself. You can still make jokes with them. It's just that it's a different environment from being in a writer's group. So that's kind of my, as far as any other advice I would give as when it comes to that, I would be honest. I've seen some of the people I've just fallen in love with is they'll get up there and they'll say, guys, I have the knowledge to teach you this, but I make myself get up here because I have terrible stage fright. So will oh. you please give me grace? I've seen people and I'm like, oh, I just love this. And if, and it, it breaks the ice mm-hmm. when someone does that. And they say, guys, I'm here. I'm here to do it. I'm going to work hard. But. I kind of want to throw up a little bit. So if everyone will just be patient with me and then everyone laughs and then you feel better and it like releases so much. I don't know the word, it just releases. And then you feel better, do that honesty is everything. If you will be honest and vulnerable, <laughs> people appreciate that. They get it. You, you're going to tell me that everyone in those chairs feels comfortable getting up on a stage. I don't think so. They understand that and can empathize with that. And it makes you feel better. And before you know it, you're not so nervous anymore because you've already addressed the problem.
0: I love that. I love that. And then one of the things that I mean I teach is that you're going into Consider that you're going into a friendly space. That the host yes. asked you because they oh, actually want so you to be there. Trust that the mm-hmm. audience, those who are in it, who are there, they are supposed to be there because you were the right person that they needed to hear from. So trust that you are in a friendly space, and yes, you know, so I love I that smile and an openness of, I am glad I get to do this because I don't know who I'll get to help too. Like yeah. if you shift your focus of that you're serving. That also kind of helps at least you, for me too.
1: So true. Like the change that you could make in someone's yeah. writing life or what. I'm serious. I mean, you can really change someone. You can really give them information that changes the game for them. So try to remember that. It's not meant to intimidate you. It's actually meant to encourage you because what a wonderful thing that you can do for someone if you're just willing to be scared for an hour, <laughs> you know what I mean. If you're just willing to be scared, and like I say, I'm I'm not. I I love it, but I my nerves come after, and then I think, did I go over that? Did I <laughs> did I say that right? Did that person like what I? I'll do that. I'll have all these questions. It's always later, so. I haven't really figured out how to deal with that one yet. I guess I'm just so happy that it happens after everything's done. Like what is there to complain about, but do give yourself grace. And I love the fact that you're like, you're already in a friendly environment. They're waiting for you. They're excited for you. I think that's excellent advice.
0: Thanks. Shayla, this has been awesome. Thank you so very much. Where can people can connect with you and be a part of your world? So my website is com,
1: And I've been thinking about the best thing that they could do. And I think signing up for the newsletter is still the best option. And here's why. Yes, you get a freebie to help you with your self-publishing goals. But these newsletters, um, they go out once a week, sometimes bi-weekly. And what I do is I spend hours on my newsletter. like It's my number one thing that gets the most of my attention because I believe you should like they're not subscribers or people, like you should treat them like someone who needs help with whatever it is that you're presenting. So I always go out of my way to treat them like VIPs and give as much valuable content as possible. I think that would be the best place to start. So if anyone listening is interested in getting resources on self-publishing, book marketing, things of that nature, I would start with the newsletter.
0: I love that so much. Shayla, Thank you so much for this fantastic conversation. I am so glad you were here. Thank you so much.
1: Hey, thank you. And I always try to like shoot one little question um, at the end myself. And it's always the most random thing I can think of. So I would like to know, what was your favorite cartoon as a kid?
0: Favorite cartoon? Oh, that's a good question. (laughs) I like the Jetsons because they were fun and It just seemed like really your imagination was being stretched. Like what could possibly happen?
1: I am so grateful for the Jetsons and here's why. Because everything in that show is futuristic, right?
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: mid-century modern and atomic living are like my favorite home decor things ever. And they, a lot of like the Jetsons resembles that type of home decor and furniture. So I love the Jetsons for that. Thank you for having me, Jen. And now I want to go watch The Jetsons. (laughs) Thank you so much.
0: Thanks again for listening today. I'm so glad you were here. I'd love to hear what resonated with you from this episode. So connect with me on Instagram at author Jennifer Milius and let me know. Your book, your message, your body of work is worth sharing, and you are the right person and the only one who can share it. Keep writing and keep putting yourself out there, because the people who need to hear your message the most are waiting for you. They are waiting for you to step up to your next level of genius so they can have the impact they're meant to because you inspired them. I'll see you soon.